Madison Bumgarner back? Is Billy Hamilton back? Is Zach Godley back? Is Heath Cummings back? One of those I know is true. Heath Cummings is back. I am back, and I really miss both of you so much. It's great to be here. Most of all, I miss the listeners. Brother. I believe, oh, brother. I believe that last part. Uh, where were you? Where the heck were you, buddy? I was in Minneapolis at uh, FSTA. Beautiful. I like. I had been to Minneapolis as a kid, but I didn't really remember it, and it's obviously a lot different now. Beautiful, beautiful downtown. Um, spent one day in the Vikings facility, walked down and saw Target Field and the Target Center, drank a few beers. It was a great time. Very cool. Met, met some wonderful people. Did you do anything fantasy? any fantasy baseball transactions or thoughts from the last few days that you'd like to give? Um, not a lot of fantasy baseball transactions or thoughts. <laughs> okay, good. I did write waiver wire this morning, and there were a couple of things that stood out to me, and one of them was from last night, and it was Kyle Gibson. Yeah, he's like fifty something percent owned. Kyle Gibson. People don't. He, that, last night was it. his ninth quality start. Five of his last six have been quality starts, and the one that wasn't, he went five and two-thirds innings and gave up two runs and struck out seven. Yeah, It's been a month since he gave up more than two runs in a start. Kyle Gibson, 53% owned, and his last four starts, he has a 245 ERA against Cleveland twice, the Angels, and the Red Sox. So I just remember looking over the weekend. I'll look again now. It seemed like there were a lot of indicators in Kyle Gibson's profile that uh, the luck was potentially going to run out? For sure. There, his BABIP is still t- against is still too low. His strand rate is still too high. But the thing is, like when you normalize those things, you look at his FIP and his XFIP, they're both still at like 3.8, 3.9. Yeah, this is, this is still definitely the best version of Kyle Gibson we've ever seen. He has almost a strikeout per inning. Uh, it's maybe, probably a little too good to be true, but it's not like he's going to go – I don't think he's going to go back to the Kyle Gibson of old. And the schedule gets a little bit easier for Kyle Gibson. Next week he has uh, at the White Sox, and then he'll have a two-star week at Milwaukee and home against Baltimore. So two of the next three are, are good-looking uh, matchups for Kyle Gibson. All right, so we'll get to more standouts from yesterday. we got a lot of buy or sell on today's show. we got your emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. I do want to grade some trades. And because Heath is back, I thought I'd give him a little bit of a present – Later on in the show, come on, there it is. Yes. We're regulating. Do you know how much trouble I have? I think I have these fat fingers, and I cannot press the play button on the iPad. Just so bad at it. But we've got the fantasy regulators coming up. Later on. I could not be more excited. Yeah, I actually, yeah, that me either. All right, let's just start with the big news, then we'll get into our favorite two-star pitchers for next week. We'll take a, a longer look at it toward the end of the show. But Mike Trout is DHing due to a sprained finger. By the way, he has reached base safely in 31 of his last 47 plate appearances. 31 of his last 47 plate appearances. Scott, are you concerned about Mike Trout's sprained finger? Uh, I mean, I'd rather he not have a sprained finger. Uh, 
I don't know. I don't I mean, know. It's like, clearly is he, effect- is he, clearly going, is he going to miss time? I don't. I don't think so. I don't know if it's affecting him because he ha- he hasn't really played through it that much. But yeah, he's DHing. It might affect his throwing more than his hitting. But all right, I, I don't yeah. think anybody's downgrading him. But keep it in mind, he is DHing. Albert Pujols could play some first base, and uh yeah, Trout will continue to DH for the time being, I guess. Uh, the Phillies are interested in Adrian Beltre, according to MLB.com's John Morosi. Is that big news to you guys? Uh, well, I mean, it, it would be, it would be, uh, I mean, obviously it would, it would crush Michael Franco's value, whatever's left of that. I think it would be good news for Beltre because right now, um, with Jerks and Profar expected to get a lot of time at third base, uh, Beltre, is uh is kind of dependent on the Rangers keeping everyone else off DH, and uh, if the Phillies acquired him, I think it would be to play every day. So it's, I mean, it's not it's not going to make a huge difference to his value, but I think it would be an upgrade for him. I just wonder because I don't know how much of Beltre not playing every day is like planned maintenance because they think and he thinks at 39 years old. With his uh, injury issues over the last couple of years, that's the best plan. The Phillies have a lot of guys. I don't know that it really changed things much for him. I would, I wouldn't like. The, I don't think the Phillies are going to play him six days a week. Yeah, well, that, right. DH. I'd rather him be able to DH to stay healthy. Uh, personally, yeah. Scott, I mean, the Phillies have a lot more riding on their season too. Uh, important correction from yesterday: John Smoltz did not burn himself with an iron. Uh, with his shirt on, as you had suggested. Oh, that's that's the way I always heard the story. No, uh, someone sent us an article. I'll I'll let you know who that someone was. Um, it was uh, I'll tell you. I, I don't have it. <laughs> we'll find out. Uh, he said that uh, John Small. I read the article. What happened was he was steaming a shirt, and he did not have a shirt on. And he put the steamer down, and water sprouted out of the steamer and burned his chest. My version's a lot funnier. It is a lot funnier. I think funnier. more plausible. A lot is funnier. The, are, do people still use irons? I, yeah, do I do iron. people still use irons? I, I, How do you get your shirts unwrinkled? I moved to South Florida three and a half years ago, and my family did not bring an iron with us, and we have not acquired one since we got here. Well, wow. I, I do use a steamer sometimes instead, or I'll throw something in the dryer. Yeah, but, if you need a steamer, you just hang it up in the bathroom. Yeah, take a hot shower with the door closed, and voila. My bathroom it doesn't it doesn't really do the job. I try that, but it doesn't really work. Uh, Ronald Acuna is going to begin a rehab assignment today, and Will Myers is back. Welcome back, Will Myers, who went over three with a walk and two strikeouts, leading off against. Madison Bumgarner and the San Francisco Giants. Last year, Myers was the number 14 first baseman in points, number 12 in Roto. Um, he was a little bit low in points because his runs plus RBIs plummeted last year as San Diego was the worst lineup in baseball. But this year, they're not the worst lineup. They're bad, but they're like the eighth worst or something. Is Will Myers a top 15 first baseman for you guys? Yeah, I think easily in Roto. He might be top 12 in Roto because of his stolen base potential at a position where you're not normally going to get much. Uh, but I'd even put him there in points in the top 15. Okay. Yeah, I'm just trying to look. I, in Roto, I agree with the Roto assessment. I'm, I'm not sure in points. I'd like, I'd like to see him, uh, I, I expect to get a little rust to knock off. 
Yeah. Could always, yeah. always I mean, possible. I'd give obviously how he performs this weekend might impact how I it, whether or not I started him in a points league. Um, but I would take him over guys like Matt Olson, um, Joey Gallo in a points league. I'd rather have Myers. Carpenter, the way he's heated up lately, he may he may be ahead of Myers now in that format, but that's obviously a format geared more for Carpenter. Yeah, how, do you like who, Myers who, or Hosmer more in a points league? Hosmer. Well, who do you like better in a roto league, Myers or Carpenter? I'll still take Carpenter. In, in a roto league, yeah. I'll take Myers. Okay. So it sounds like you guys are valuing Myers fairly similarly, Scott, similar to where you were uh, valuing, evaluating him and valuing him at the beginning of the season. Um, yeah, I don't see why there's any reason to downgrade him. He's gotten, what, 20, 30 at-bats so far, so yeah. there's not really anything we can take from his actual performance. And if he's actually healthy, I imagine he'll be more or less the same player. All right, quickly, guys, give me your favorite few or one or two or three two-star pitchers for next week. There's actually a lot of... Um, worthy two start options who are owned in less than 80% of CBS sports leagues, which is generally the cutoff we go with. But among them, um, some of the ones that I think are clearer sleepers and that it, I could see them most clearly exceeding our expectations are Felix Hernandez, who's had coming off two great starts and Baltimore KC coming up this week. And Freddie Peralta, who was back to missing bats in his third major league start, and he has KC Cincinnati this week. So a couple guys going to pick on the Royals. Um, I think they're both worthy starters if you can find the roster space for them. I picked one up last night, actually, because uh, while I was out of town, I didn't really see my fantasy baseball teams very much. So I came back, saw my family for a minute, and then went and spent some time with my fantasy baseball teams. And uh, I was a little bit surprised, and I think he's a two-start pitcher. I may get corrected here, but uh, Loisica. Yeah, so – 50% owned was available in our Roto League, and I picked him up. Jonathan Loisica is listed as a two-star pitcher at Philadelphia on Monday and Boston on Sunday. I'm basing this on nothing, but I'm going to guess that they have an off day on Thursday and that they skip or bump back Loisica and have Severino pitch the Sunday game against Boston. Uh, I just, I don't think they want Loisica pitching that Sunday night game against the Red Sox. And honestly, Heath, I would rather Loisica have a one start week at Philadelphia than a two start week at Philadelphia and home. So you're projecting Boston. a negative score if he faces the Red Sox. I, look, he's walking a lot of batters because nobody's chasing, so I'm not, I'm not super convinced on him to begin with, but yeah, I'm, yeah, I think I am. If I'm not convincing a neg, uh, uh, picking a negative score, I'm certainly picking a bad line for Roto Leagues. And, uh. Um, I mean, that Philadelphia matchup isn't great either. I feel like um, they haven't been really uh no, they've come alive I, I, with Herrera. I mean the first start Loisaga definitely looked electric and I, I think the upside is pretty good for him. Seventeen swing strikes in that game, but he didn't show as much as last time out and he's obviously just holding on until Tanaka gets back. But, so, but Tanaka's not coming back next week. Um No he's I not. don't think he is. Probably not. But I could see them skipping him, like Adam was saying. Like the off days lineups as such. It seems plausible. I'm wondering if if Stephen Matz, who's a guy that I like, I don't. I, I said yesterday before the start. I'll say it now. I don't care about what he did yesterday. In fact, he gave up five runs in the first two innings, and then was able to get through like five and a third at Colorado. 
Pittsburgh at home and at Miami. I just hope he makes that second start next week because they also have an off day. There's Cindergard who they could bring back, I guess. Um, I'm surprised that Matt's is listed as a two-star pitcher because it's a Tuesday-Sunday thing and they haven't a six-day week. So I, I, I have him. Do we? Yeah, know, do that we would anything? mean that would mean uh, assuming they're going to skip somebody else. Yeah, Seth Lugo, I would assume. Yeah. Um, I mean, the bottom line is I don't think Matt's is good. Matchups, matchups or not, I wouldn't trust him. All right, I trust him a little bit, especially with that second start being at Miami. But all right, so uh, Felix Hernandez. Uh oh, Lance Lynn. All right, we'll get into it a little bit later. Heath, that there were one. Scott said Felix Hernandez and who? And Freddie Peralta. Uh, Freddie Peralta, yeah. Heath, that there were one. I have one a third on one list. too, but she said only two. Ah, give me a third. Give me a third. <laughs> uh, I would also say Frankie Montas. Okay. After uh, unveiling that he has a swing and miss slider last time out, granted it was against the Padres, but his first matchup this upcoming week is the Tigers, who've been giving up. Tons of swinging strikes to every pitcher that you wouldn't expect them to get to get a lot of swinging strikes. So I think at the very least that start will be good. Then he faces the Indians the second time out. A little more concerned about that one, but I, I still think that with the Tigers start first, it's 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 worth a try if you can find the roster space for him. And that's a that's a key caveat because it's not like it's not like he's a pitcher who I expect you to hold on to forever and ever. Okay. So Heath, did you want to give like your one favorite guy? I'm assuming it's not Loisaga. I the thing is, like, I think I'd rather start Loisaga than I would Felix Hernandez. Okay, all right then. It's Loisaga. I think I'd rather start him than I would Montas. So it it might be work. Fine, fine. Loisaga. Fine, fine. All right, right, (laughs) we're gonna do some uh, some buy or sell. I know y'all are football players too, fantasy football players. We uh we've launched our product. It is better than ever, especially if you're in dynasty leagues. Couple of uh, of additions that have been made to the CBS Sports Fantasy Football Commissioner product. Uh you can trade future draft picks up to 3 years of future draft picks. You can do multiple drafts so if you're in a dynasty league and you want to run a rookie draft, now you can. We have a newly designed league history feature with all-time standings, year-by-year breakdowns, league records. I think the, you know, the diehard fans are really going to love that. And you guys wanted better in-app commissioner tools. Commissioners can now run your league on the go. You can add drop players, edit lineups for any team in your league from the app. So, and there are more in-app commissioner tools to come. If you're interested in getting on, if you want to be a real fantasy player here and play on the best site, cbssports.com slash FFT. Get your league started at cbssports.com slash FFT as in fantasy baseball today. All right, uh, buy or sell. Madison Bumgarner is back. I don't know that what we saw from him yesterday is reason to buy it. I still have a lot of confidence in Madison Bumgarner, but only eight swinging strikes in this start against San Diego. And this was a guy who two years ago, and and you know before then when he was obviously one of the clear aces in fantasy. You got swing strike, double digit swing strikes basically every time out. Like it's, it still doesn't seem like he's stuff has quite the same bite on it. 7% I'll, swinging strike rate so far for Bumgarner. I will say sell simply because when I hear is back, I'm thinking 2013 through 2016 Madison Bumgarner and he's not that pitcher yet. 
Billy Hamilton is back, buy or sell. Eight for 14 with seven runs, three steals in his last four games. Well, that doesn't sound like old Billy Hamilton at all. <laughs> uh, I'm going to sell it. I, I need to see a whole lot more. Agreed, Heath? Yeah, sell. Zach Godley is back, buy or sell. I mean, it was a step back this last start compared to the previous two when his curveball again looked like a swing, an elite swing and miss pitch. This one, uh, he had seven swinging strikes. Six came on the curve, so that's a good sign. Uh, but the walks, you know, they've been, they've remained high. I'm, I'm, a, I'm not, I'm not willing to buy that he's back, though there are some good signs. I will say that he's back. Buy it. I, is Godly, I mean, at this point I feel like he's back to being sort of trustworthy and he's got the Marlins and Giants next week in a two-star week. Oh, he's must start. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I, I would, like. I'm not sure I think Godly's ever gonna get back to the stats he showed last year and the breakout potential we thought. I'm not, I'm not banging. I, I own never Godly say never, through the, but uh, he, I, right. I agree he's not there yet. Put it this way, I own him in a, in a two leagues, I think, out of six. I'm definitely not looking at my team going like, well, Godley's going to be awesome second half, so I'm fine there. I think yeah. he's going to well, be like fair. usable, you know. I think like I think he can definitely get back to a mid threes ERA type pitcher. That doesn't. That seems very reasonable, and I think that's kind of what he is right now. He's had one bad start in his last four. Yeah, just so many walks. That's that's the weird thing. Even three walks last night. All right, um, buy or sell. Now is the time to buy low on Carlos Martinez. Bye. Yeah, um, with the understanding you're buying him and probably planting him on your bench yes. until he turns things around. Because there's there's no way you should be starting him right now. It has been a complete disaster since coming off the DL. And I'm not convinced he's healthy. But, I mean, it, I was getting questions on Twitter last night. Should I drop Carlos Martinez, which is ridiculous. So that that suggests to me you might be able to get him for pretty darn cheap, really cheap, yeah. Yeah, and the offer, the uh, offer, the update that I read on our website said that his velocity was back about ninety-five mile per hour fastballs, which really it's not really well. It's I guess fairly consistent. Like it's certainly better than when he first came off the DL. It's it's getting up now. It's you know what his velocity, his average fastball velocity, looks like what it did earlier this season before he went on the DL. Yeah, so I mean, it, I guess it's kind of been down all season. It has been down all season. Before going on the DL, Martinez was—he had a 162 ERA. Uh, Cleveland next week, no way you're starting him. But okay, buy super low on Carlos Martinez. Buy or sell? Juan Soto is a top 50 pick if we were drafting today. Juan Soto. Um, am I? Let me clarify the buy or sell here. Am I saying that I would draft Juan Soto at, in the yeah, top 50 picks or he, he would be drafted in the top 50 picks by someone else? For you, he's a top 50 pick. I don't believe I would say he's a top 50 pick. He's not that far outside of it, um, but he, he's more I, – I would say he's probably a couple rounds behind that. I actually, in, in my latest trade chart just this week, um, this, was for, this was for the points format. I alternate points and roto. Um, I have him 105th, so to me oh, he's not... I'm somewhere in between those. He's not particularly close yet, and I don't mean that as a knock on him. I just, you know, it, I, I it might have been closer in Roto where you have five outfielders and, and the starting pitchers aren't as concentrated at the top, um, but some hitters I have him behind include... Um, 
like Brandon Belt, Jose Martinez. Pretty good ones. Okay. Uh, buy or sell, John Jay should be added for batting average and runs. John Jay. Should be added is too strong. I like him as a sleeper this week. The Diamondbacks have some of the best matchups. And I was looking, um, I, I, I had, so, for a column I was writing the other day, I had sorted, uh, May 9th and beyond because I think that's when somebody, Brandon Nimmo or somebody entered the starting lineup. And I was surprised how high John Jay was during that stretch. Oh, yeah. He was oh, yeah. like, uh, I'm just totally, remembering off the top of my head but i want to say it was like a top 30 or 40 hitter in points leagues during that stretch so he's uh i don't think he's good in the long run there's not enough power or speed there but he's hot and diamondbacks have good matchups um so if you have a big hole in your lineup and not a lot of options on waivers i'd be fine using him. yeah i will sell he has a 457 babip since arriving in arizona I just don't like that's that's clearly not going to last, and it's going to drop by a hundred points. So right, I'll sell. But but Jay is a two ninety one career hitter, and he has scored fifteen runs in thirteen games for the Diamondbacks, and he's leading off. And the Diamondbacks aren't that bad anymore as a hitting team. They I mean they've been so bad for a while. Uh, you know I just for like a for a respectable batting average and a lot of runs from a leadoff hitter, I could see some value there, but. I, I, I'm, I'm not glad, like you could. I'm just not saying you should. I'm glad you uh, mentioned the BABIP 457 with Arizona. Buy or sell? Cattell Marte, 52% owned. Cattell Marte has staying power. I'm gonna buy. He and I was. I wrote about him today in Waiver Wire. This year, he's got like a 35% hard contact rate. His swinging strike rate is below six percent. He's one of only 11 hitters to meet those two qualifications this season. And it was kind of overshadowed by the fact that he was hitting so many ground balls early in the year. In June, the ground ball rates cut down to 44%, which isn't great, but it's better than where he was earlier in the year. And he has an 1,100 OPS. Five of his six home runs have come in June since doing whatever he did to start elevating the ball more. Um, I'm not ready to buy it, but there is certainly a path to it. Would you guys rather have Cattell Marte or Tim Anderson? I'll take Marte in points. Yeah, in points, I'll take Marte. Um, Tim Anderson, I, you know, steals are so rare, and we at least know he know he's capable of that. So I think I'd probably rather have him in Roto. Cattell Marte or Willie Adamas? Marte. Yeah, okay. I agree. And finally, buy or sell, Jesus Aguilar will play his way into must-start status. He's got a 944 OPS, but Aguilar has has sat three of eight games since Eric Thames returned. Buy or sell, Aguilar will play his way into must-start status. Uh, first, he has to do it for the Brewers. I think he will because he's been their best hitter this year. And it's crazy to keep that guy out of your lineup. He's done it against lefties, righties. He's been awesome. If he does it for the Brewers, uh, I'm yeah. I mean, I think the chances are pretty good he'll be that in fantasy too. So I buy that. I will sell. I, he may end up in that position anyway because they have so many injury risks on that team. But I don't think it will be because he plays his way in. I don't think they're benching one of those guys for him. 
from buy or sell to a flat out buy, and that would be the best suit you will ever wear. I'm talking about an Indochino suit. Man, I love my Indochino suit. I'm, I really need to get another one because it is so nice, and you know it fits me perfectly. And it's one of those things you put on an Indochino suit. You put on a suit that's made to measure, made exactly for you, customized for you, and you just feel better. I mean, it's like a confidence boost, kind of to look that sharp. And Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear company. has been featured in GQ, in Forbes, in Fast Company. They make suits and shirts made to your exact measurements for a great fit. You don't know the value of a custom suit, custom clothing, until you actually have it. And let me just tell you, like, it, there is a lot of value. You, you really want this. You're going to look good. You're going to feel good. And you're going to get a great price. You know, a lot of people get custom suits for like 800 bucks or more. How about 379 at Indochino.com with the code FBT at checkout? How do you do this online? Well, you just submit your measurements. They make and you design everything, every inch of it, and uh, a lot of cool things you can customize. By the way, submit your measurements and wait for your suit to arrive in just a few weeks. So you get 50% off with the code FBT on Indochino.com. Go to Indochino.com. I N D O C H I N O.com, and the code is FBT. For any premium suit for just three seventy nine, with free shipping, Indochino—that's an incredible deal for a suit that's going to fit you better than anything off the rack ever could. All right, Thursday's standouts. I want to talk about Kyle Hendricks, guys. He does have two starts next week at the Dodgers and Minnesota at home. Only one start of a hundred pitches this season. He had been pitching kind of deep into games. He's just been so good, but lately he's been struggling. Kyle Hendricks has a five forty ERA in his last four starts. Just a little blip for him or anything to be concerned about? I see it as a blip. He's been basically the same pitcher for three years now. I have a hard time getting concerned about him. All right. Yeah, I, th- I mean, he's a number three starter. Randall Gritchick is another standout to me. Randall Gritchick is, uh, since June 1st, since he came off the DL, batting 316 with six home runs. And, uh, he, we, he's got power. Question is, will he, Killian batting average. Randall Gritchick is 20% owned. How about this? I'll throw Gritchick on there. I'll throw Jason Hayward on there. You got two outfielders that are about same ownership percentage, around 20% owned. Who do you prefer? Well, I mean, Hayward hasn't been showing much power. It's been low ISO. He's been hot, but in, in like a low ISO sort of way. Um, I think Gritchick has the potential to be a more, more impactful in fantasy, though uh, I would expect Hayward to hit for a higher average. I think both guys are underowned at this point. Um, I do kind of buy a little bit of this bounce back to from Jason Hayward. His hard contact rate is as high as it's been since 2012. He's cut the ground balls down. He's never struck out, but he's striking out even less. So I, I would expect Hayward's going to be pretty considerably better than Gritchick in points leagues. But like Scott said, there's not a lot of power there, and he doesn't run anymore. So Gritchick might be better than Roto. Lots to cover today. Bullpen notes. Mark Melanson and Justin Anderson got saves. We'll talk about that. We'll look at the most added list. We'll talk about prospects. I want to see if we have time to talk about Tommy Pham, who's just been awful lately. His last 29 games, Pham is a 527 OPS. Of course, we have to get you ready for next week and with some weekend streamers. I did want to read some emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Before I do that, did I leave out any major standouts that you guys want to talk about from yesterday's games? We pretty much covered mine at the top. Kyle Gibson, Cattell Marte, Jason Hayward. So I, I'm good. I think maybe we sh- should talk about Matt Harvey 
if only in the context of don't buy it. Okay. Uh, I saw some um, favorable tweets about Harvey yesterday. How's velocity's up since the start of the season? He's one of the biggest velocity gainers over the course of the season. But you have to see, look at that from the perspective of how down his velocity was early on. His velocity is back to where it was most of last season, and a lot of good that did him, right? This was only his second quality start yesterday. It was only his second and eight with the Reds, and still only eight swinging strikes. His season high is nine. He's never gotten to that double digit. Uh, like I talk about, that's that's my cutoff for is it a good swinging strike start? Is it a bad swinging strike start? He he hasn't gotten to it all year. Just doesn't have anything to go with that 97 mile per hour fastball. So I am, I am not at all encouraged by what he did yesterday. Yeah, the only thing that really bothered me about that Harvey start was that in DFS, God, it was so it was so easy and obvious to stack the Cubs, and they really didn't come through except for Jason Hayward. Um, one more standout from yesterday that we don't really have to get into, but Luis Valbuena hit two home runs. He doesn't play much, but he had a big game. And he helped me win back-to-back contests on the draft app. What? I got a – oh, no, not a zero. I got 13 points from Mike Trout. I got 30 points from Luis Valbuena. Celebrate. All right, email of the day, number one, fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Patrick said, Last year I had to drop one of my best starting pitchers before the playoffs in Luis Castillo. Are there any fantasy-relevant starting pitchers who are in danger of being shut down by September uh, for innings limits? Can we adjust accordingly? Any innings limits that our fantasy owners need to know about? I mean, so many of the pitchers who... The pitchers you worry about are ones, obviously, at the beginning of their career, and so many of those, their innings are limited from start to start these days anyway. Like, I'd worry about Walker Bueller, but he's on the DL now, and so he'll he'll probably be... I, I think it's premature to worry about him. Um, I could see it becoming an issue for Domingo Herman if he sticks around and continues to pitch up to his potential. Uh, but again, we, we've only gotten to the point where we're picking him up in fantasy, so it seems premature to worry about innings. Uh, off the top of my head... I don't see any obvious candidates that you should be concerned about. Okay, good. I like that. Email of the day number two is from Matt. Dear smart people. Oof. I have no idea. I have to Google that. After having the great fortune of having Mike Trout in my keeper league since his career began, due to the league maximum years on keepers, this is my last year with Trout, and I have to trade him. If you had to trade Trout, who is the one player that you would be targeting in return, assuming you could keep any player at the same cost for the next five to seven years. I guess it's I guess it's the same as asking who would you take number two in a startup dynasty league? Harper, Betts, Arenado, one of the shortstops, someone else. Who is the next Mike Trout? I guess probably Jose Ramirez for me. Altuve still very much in that discussion. Uh, I think those are the three. I, I'd throw oh, Betts. Betts, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, I overlooked Betts. I think yeah. Betts might be my answer. Yep. Yeah, Betts, Betts is number two. You're right. Okay. Mookie Betts it is. Thank you for the emails, Patrick and Matt. More emails later. Mark Melanson, 46% owned, got the save. Sam Dyson had pitched three straight games. Tony Watson pitched on Wednesday. He had thrown, I think, Sunday, Monday, and Wednesday, so three of the last four. What do you think about this? Mark Melanson getting the save, Heath? I think that, like, talking about the availability of Dyson and maybe even Watson is important because – 
we don't want to give the indication that Mark Melanson is the Giants closer. I don't think Mark Melanson is yet the Giants closer. But what's maybe more important is that because of the situation, he did get an opportunity in the ninth inning and he did convert that opportunity without giving up a run for a save. There's still a ways to go, I think, until we see Melanson pitching on back-to-back days and then pitching successfully on back-to-back days. But this is a step. Yeah. All right, yeah, he has not pitched back-to-back days yet. You're 100% right. Uh, all right, so Melanson, 46% owned. Justin Anderson, 4% owned. Scott, what did you make of Justin Anderson getting the save, his third of the season? By the way, he has a one six three whip. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, that's mostly control issues. He throws hard. He gets a lot of strikeouts, uh, but he needs to throw more strikes, I think, for me to feel really good that he he's going to wrestle this job away. Uh, I don't think... I don't think it was just a case of them resting Blake Parker. He had allowed five earned runs in his previous three appearances, actually converted a save in the last one, uh, but also served up a two-run homer to Paul Goldschmidt, I believe. And uh, Mike Sosha doesn't need much of an excuse to start messing around in the ninth inning again. I think, I think I'd be a little worried if I made an investment in Parker. Yeah, worried about Parker, and I don't know – not necessarily willing to pick up and like it's just going to be messy potentially yes. right I, I think those are the only two well there's some he hasn't even tried at all yet like um uh what's the lefty's name uh but like jim johnson's on the dl so obviously he's not going to factor into this mix and uh cam bedrosian just hasn't been that good so i think it's it would be only between those two um, but I, yeah, I, I, like I said, Soja has a history of experimenting in the ninth, and I think the door's open again for him to do that. Uh, Jose Alvarez was the lefty I was thinking of. He probably has the best numbers of any Angels reliever, but they haven't been tempted to try him in that role yet. I'm telling you, I really think if there's one closer that people don't, that underowned, I'd say, I think it's Tapera. I, I think he's got the, the highest percentage of his team saves coming for him of these guys that we talk about every day. Yeah, I, I mean, unless they want to try Clippert again, I don't know who else they'd go with. Maybe, maybe Son Wan Oh gets hot again. He, he kind of fell off. Uh, but yeah, Tapera seems like he's in the driver's seat there, especially with, there's no reason to think Roberto Ozuna. I mean, there's a good chance he misses the rest of the season. Yeah. All right, news and notes. Tyler Skaggs was scratched with hamstring tightness. There's a chance Skaggs could pitch on Sunday. Johnny Cueto's going to make a rehab start on Saturday. Michael Waka's on the DL. Can we get an update on the Johnny Cueto, Adam Eaton trade and who is currently winning that trade? I think I'm winning that trade. I was, well, I'm looking. You have zero stats. On April 15th, Adam Eaton has 38 plate appearances. Uh, he has a 314 average, scored five runs, three RBI, and one extra base hit since the trade. Johnny Cueto's thrown 19 innings, got a pair of wins, gave up two runs, and struck out 21. You had a couple of I think of I'm still winning. With, yeah, with Cueto's, Cueto's numbers sound more yeah, you are still sound better there. All right, yeah. you are still winning. Yeah. Uh, of course, if you hadn't been winning, there's no chance you would have ever brought that up on the show, as Correct. we all know. Michael Waka's <laughs> on the DL with an oblique strain. Lorenzo Cain left with a hamstring cramp. Uh, Jaime Garcia could go to the bullpen when Stroman returns. Eddie Rosario's day-to-day. Matt Carpenter's homered off two lefties, I think, this week. Whenever he faced Lester, he homered. 
Might have been late last week. And Brent Suter, he homered uh, against yesterday. John Carlos Stanton was robbed of a home run. It would have been three games in a row for Stanton. Uh, Mitch Hanniger took a home run away from him. Eddie Rosario sat with a sore shoulder. I think I already said that one. Sorry, he's day-to-day. Clint Frazier could stay up for the Yankees. It doesn't seem like there's really a path to regular at-bats, but he's hitting well, and he could stay up. I mean, I think he's better than Aaron Hicks. He might be, but I'm t- I don't I, think I feel like every time I see Yankees fans talk about Clint Frazier, they just talk about his trade potential. Like, he, Brett Gardner's old. Aaron Hicks has always been pretty mediocre. Old and currently banged up. Yeah. Like, there's, I, I think he's underowned at 17%. I don't. I just don't see him playing that much because I think Gardner's back this weekend. Well, and I'm not hurrying to pick him up in mixed leagues. I'm just saying, like, he could he could absolutely be a, a guy who bursts onto the fantasy scene in the second half. Clint Frazier. As Drupal Cabrera day to day, San Diego sent Fran Mil Reyes to triple A. Aaron Sanchez left with a bruised finger. Glaber Torres batted fifth. Brian Dozier batted second. Good signs for those two. Remember I said that Torres might be a sell high. If he keeps batting fifth, and it might have been just because of the lefty on the mound, that's going to really boost his value rather than batting ninth. All right, I think it's time to take a look at the most added players in CBSSports.com leagues, and it's going to be a lot of two-start pitchers for next week, but that that also is the case on Monday when we look at the uh, most added list, probably more so on Monday. So here are the two the uh, no, here are the most added players in our leagues: uh, Domingo Herman, seventy-seven percent owned; Freddie Peralta, Jonathan Loizaga, Herman Peralta Loizaga, their top three. Is that how you'd rank them, Herman Peralta Loizaga? That is how I would rank them, and for me, Herman would be a distant first. Herman's definitely first. I, I don't know between Peralta and Loizaga. Okay. Sam Dyson, twenty-six percent owned. He's fourth on the list. Brent Suter. We haven't talked about him yet. Brent Suter's pitching well. Forty, forty-three percent owned now. And Suter had a good start against the Cardinals yesterday. Seven innings, two runs. He's only made two starts all season of more than five and two-thirds. They are each of his last two starts. And he mm. gets the Royals in a one-start week next week. So Suter for one start could work, Heath. It it could work. I would definitely not disagree with that. It's <laughs> not something I would want to do. I, do, I don't I, – I think he's a pretty good option on a two-start week. But I'm not particularly interested in one start. He's he's a good control pitcher, and he's had double-digit swinging strikes in five of his past six, I think after having none before that. I don't know what's changed to make him more effective like that. Yeah, and he's just got eight strikeouts in his last 14 innings, so it's like those swinging strikes aren't necessarily translating either. Um, but it's it's no, it's noteworthy. Keep John, an eye on Brent Suter. Tell me if there's anyone you want to talk about here. Mike Montgomery, John Hicks, John Jay. Yolisha Seen and Ian Desmond. Mike Montgomery, John Hicks, John Jay, Yolisha Seen, who's at Cincinnati next week, and Ian Desmond. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's Ian Desmond has like is having the weirdest season because his fantasy production it, like he has been a high point scorer in fantasy. Like he probably deserves to be owned beyond this week where he was in my top ten sleeper hitters, and yet he's barely hitting over two hundred. His ground ball rate is still through the roof. Uh, trivia question. Weird. Trivia. How many walks does Ian Desmond have in his last two games? In his last two games? Yeah. Four. Uh, um, 
it's got to be a high number for you to be asking. Yeah, let's say five. Six losers. Oh. Six walks in his last two games. Tom Murphy, Wade LeBlanc, Brian Anderson, Jan Gomes, David Peralta. Tom Murphy, Wade LeBlanc, Brian Anderson, Jan Gomes, David Peralta. Uh, your thoughts on that group, Heath? Murphy's 25% owned. It's kind of gross. I mean, he is by far, to me, the most interesting. And a lot of that has to do with his catcher eligibility. Did his, and again, I've, I've been uh, out of pocket for the last three or four days, but if he, as long as he's playing five days a week and playing for the Rockies, I think he's going to be a top, definitely should be owned in all the two catcher leagues. Tom Murphy. Yeah. Okay. And I think he's, I think he's mostly playing. Could double check on that. Scott, any prospects on your radar right now? Give me the quick prospect rundown. So my top five to stash this week and latest prospect report is going up on the site today. May already be up. Um, I still got Vladimir Guerrero at the top, even though he's out with a knee injury. Aloy Jimenez just got moved up to AAA. Yeah, yeah. So he is one step closer to getting to the majors. And it sounds like they just want to make sure he can hit off speed stuff because there's a lot more of that thrown at AAA than AA. And uh, I think there's a good chance we see him uh, by the All-Star break. Uh, there's a chance we may see Kyle Tucker even sooner than that because he has been on fire over the last week and a half hitting close to 500. That's often a precursor for a promotion for a guy who people were talking in spring training like he already deserved to be up. And the Astros' most glaring need is in left field. So it just makes too much sense. Uh, I also think we're to the point now where we may need to, at least in deeper leagues, you may need to think about picking up Forrest Whitley, who's three starts into his return from a suspension. Each of them has only been four innings, so he's still building up his workload. But he's the best pitching prospect of baseball and has shown it since coming back. Strikeouts galore. Uh, I don't know how he gets in that Astros rotation, but, you know, life finds a way. And uh-huh. uh, the other one is Nick Sen- Senzel who has also been on fire, uh, got his batting average up over 300 after a really sluggish start, and he made his first start at shortstop this past weekend. I think I'd feel better if he was playing that more because I think that's how he's going to have to break through into the majors, but uh, he's doing what he needs to do with the bat to get the call. So Vlad, Eloy Jimenez, Kyle Tucker, Nick Senzel, Forrest Whitley? Yep. And to check on Murphy, Tom Murphy, he sat each two of the last three games, but that's because they were facing lefties, and Ionet is good against lefties. So that might be the case. It might be a righty-lefty thing, which would be a good thing for Tom Murphy. All right, um, let's uh, let's see what we want to talk about here before we get to the two-start pitchers. First thing I want to talk about is my success on the draft app. A little two-game winning streak here. I had Tyson Ross, Salarte, who gave me zero. Valbuena, Mike Trout, and Justin Upton. This was a short slate. I played only the night slate. And I won by a lot of points, by 27 points. How about that? So I'm on fire, and I'm loving it. And you get on the Draft app right now, or you go to Draft.com. You can search Draft in your app store. It'll come up. Or go to Draft.com and use the promo code FB today. FB today is the promo code on Draft. Play a real money game for free just by using that promo code. You'll also be following me. Big Kane too. You can also follow Heath, CBS Heath. You can compete against us. Uh, Heath posted like three or four drafts a few days ago. 
Because it's really fun. I mean, it's just like super easy. Oh, I'm, I'm going to do it today too. Yeah. Three or four drafts today as well. The drafts, they don't take long at all. And uh, they're snake drafts, which are the best part of fantasy. You you wait months and months and months for your snake draft. Now you have to wait like hours, hours, and hours because you can do them all the time. So get on the draft app and use that promo code FB today. <sighs> Dropometer. Jonathan Scope, 91% owned. 0 to 10. Where is he on the Dropometer? 10. Wow. <laughs> What does that mean? You don't want him anywhere? He should not be on any rosters. And I just dropped my phone as I said that Ooh. for a point of emphasis. It would have been better if this was on video. Um, Jonathan Scope is one of three hitters in all of baseball that has a swinging strike rate over 14% and a hard contact rate below 30%. That's a really terrible combination. It's yeah. not a 10. It's an 8. <laughs> it's an 8. I, yeah, okay, that's... I think that's more properly calibrated. I'd go like seven. Eric Thames, which might sound crazy. He's hitting very well, but he doesn't play every day, and he's batting 182 against lefties. Eric Thames is 84% owned. The, the, think- hold on. The, the context of the drop meter I guess, is like you want to stream a two-star pitcher or Patel Marte or like one of the most added players is on waivers, and Thames might very well be the last guy on your bench, you know, or like – one, you know, it might be somebody you picked up in free agency or drafted really late. Where is Thames? If, if Scope is an eight, Thames is what? Well, I I go one higher for Thames. I had Scope as a seven, so I go eight for Thames. He's Oof. playing less than Aguilar. He deserves to play less than Aguilar. And um, but he's been I so think good. He's, 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 I mean, he's, he's good against righties. I mean, it's it's he's like a worse Kyle Schwarber. And we were just talking on yesterday's show about how Kyle Schwarber's overowned. Okay. I mean, he's played five days in the last week and let off three of those. They faced a lot of righties. I don't – yeah, I'm going to go below Jonathan Scope. I still think there's a chance that he has more played appearances the rest of the season than Aguilar does. He's shun it. I will say five. Justin Smoke, 88% owned, batting 172, 300 on base, 310 slugging in June. Justin Smoke – Nine. I'll go five. Austin Meadows, 68% owned. That's appropriately owned. I mean, he's not an everyday player, but he's good when he plays. 68% seems fine. Um, I mean, are we taking into account what the ownership percentage already is or no? no five. Not really. Okay, then I'll say six. He hasn't really been that good lately. That's the problem. Like that amazing walk, walk to strikeout ratio with two walks, 13 strikeouts in June for Meadows. Uh, Greg Bird, 66% owned. Uh, eight. Uh, well, let's see. Trying to figure out how I calibrated everything. Yeah, I'd put him, I'd put him about where I had Thames. So I'll say eight. Let's say you own Scope, Thames, Smoke, Meadows, and Bird. Who are the first two that you're dropping? Let's let's be clear. If you own Smoke, Thames, wait, are those all AL only players? I'm trying to think of how you could do that and still be paying attention. <laughs> Scope, Thames, Smoke, <laughs> Meadows, and Meadows and Bird. Uh, I think he could be. They're all they're all more than two thirds owned. I would say, but they're all awful. Not all. <sighs> Eric Thames is, has like a has pretty good numbers this year. And Smoke was good until the start of June. Um, it was fine. I would say the first two I'd drop are Burden Thames. I think it'd probably be Burden, Burden Scope. All right. Burden Smoke. 
Yeah, you got way too many first basemen. Yeah, that's the problem. My two first basemen in the podcast league, worst year I've ever had in the podcast league, are Bird and Smoke. So I'm probably going to have to drop one, and it's probably going to be Greg Bird, who looks like a guy who missed two months. Uh, I guess the fringy starting pitchers, Kyle Freeland, Brent Suter, Kevin Gosman, Steven Matz, Kyle Gibson. Who's your favorite? Kyle Freeland, Brent Suter, Kevin Gosman, Steven Matz, Kyle Gibson. And Chad Cool. I'd say Gosman and Gibson. Yeah, those are the only two I want in standard mixed leagues beyond just a, a streaming situation. Well, in order to get to grade the trade and some emails and the regulators, let's get to the two start pitchers here. And uh, <laughs> do you have any hesitation starting David Price with a two start week home against the Angels and at the Yankees? This guy is awful against the Yankees so frequently. Uh, any issues starting Price? I probably don't. I'm gonna start him. How about Jay Happ at Houston at home against Detroit? Sounds good to me. Start him. How about Jake Arietta against the Yankees and Nationals? Ooh. No chance. I'll still start him, but ooh. No I would way. certainly start him in a points league, but I might be scared off in categories. It's not just like that he won't get you negative points necessarily. It's that you might have an option on your bench that's going to get you more positive points than Jake Arietta. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I want to cut to some of those other less than 80% owned guys, and if you don't mind, because I think it's a good comparison for Arietta. Um, Fine, but last one, do you trust Kenta Maeda against the Cubs and Rockies at home? I don't. I, I He's hmm. at home or the Rockies are at home? He is at home for two starts. He's at home. Uh, yeah, I trust him. He was so, it's been so bad since coming off the DL. Uh, I think I'd only do it in points leagues. All right, then. Uh, Let's talk about so, the other guys, Scott. Go ahead. So the four I wanted to talk about. Now, when it, when we were talking about this earlier, I framed it as um, Felix Hernandez, Freddy Peralta, Frankie Montas. I see them as the true sleepers in that I could see them drastically outperforming our expectations for them. I don't know that I'd start them all over this four, which includes Mike Soroka, Vince Velasquez, Jake Junis, Kevin Gossman. Uh, they're all the kind of pitchers who I feel like up to this point, I've automatically started them whenever they were making two starts. But Gosman has Seattle and the Angels. Junis has Seattle and the Angels and obviously has been bad recently. Velasquez has the Yankees and the Nationals. Soroka at least has the Reds, but the Cardinals also, and he hasn't been very good his last, really since coming back from the DL. Um, if you consider you know, what he's been doing with swinging strikes and everything, not just that he had a one hit outing, I know, but I wasn't particularly impressed by it. So, uh, I have, I have, uh, concerns about these four, particularly when you factor in the matchups. And yet I think they're of such a stature that I'd have a hard time sitting them still when they're making two starts. In points leagues, I can't imagine sitting any of them. Categories leagues, uh, you you know, you're going to have to consider how much ERA and whip matters to you this week versus wins and strikeouts. Scott is I think they're all about, still pretty startable for being less than 80% owned. Scott's talking about Soroka, Velasquez, Gosman, and Junis. So what about Lance Lynn, 59% owned at the White Sox, at the Cubs? Let's start him. I really wish he didn't walk five last time. If he didn't walk five last time, I think it'd be an easy start. But he did, so I'm hedging. Think points league only. 
Ronaldo Lopez, Minnesota and at Texas. I'd start him in points. Yeah, just points. Seth Lugo, Pittsburgh and at Miami. Well, I don't, how is he a two start? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm confused if the Mets, maybe, do they have a doubleheader or something like that? I thought they were playing no. six games. No doubleheaders this week, unless our data's wrong. Are they playing seven games? Or six games? Uh-huh. That would be an easy question to answer if I had it right in front they're of playing me. Six, they're playing six games, so I don't know how Lugo and Mats are both two star pitchers. This was what I was talking about. Yeah, uh, if, if, I don't know who's getting skipped if it's not Lugo, cause, could it be Jason Vargas? I, I don't know. I, I uh, maybe. Bottom line is, I don't think you should expect Lugo or Mats to make two starts because it seems like a lot of things could go wrong with that plan. Tyler Malley at Atlanta and home against Milwaukee. No, thank you. Chad Bettis, two road starts. Rather not. No, thank you. Joey Lucchese, Jose Arana, Nate Evaldi. Any anyone else? Um, what are Lucchese's matchups and where are they? Lucchese is at Texas and home against Pittsburgh, and he basically could be playing batting, could be pitching batting practice against San Diego twice, and I wouldn't start him uh, <laughs> after what he did coming off the DL. I I still think Shelby Miller's worth mentioning in a nerves oh, yeah. of steel sort of way. If you're a real gambler, slash rehab start was good. At Obviously Miami and home hard. against San Francisco. I mean, I I wouldn't do it, to be clear. But those are two good matchups, and some people like to do nutty things. I just want to invite you to do that if you're so inclined. In the deepest of leagues, Felix Pena for the Angels is scheduled to make two starts at Kansas City and at Baltimore. We wait three months for the Angels to start having two start pitchers. And now we get one from Felix Pena. <laughs> yes, great point. Okay, uh, that will bring us to grade the trade and then regulate. Oh man. All right, let, let's do this quickly. Grade the trade from Matthew. Give up Hoskins, get Domingo Herman and Will Myers in a points league. D. Yeah, bad. Um, yeah, C minus. And uh, he says, SeatGeek is awesome. Thank you for the promo code. You're very welcome. Promo code is FANTASY or TODAY for 20 bucks off or 10 bucks off, depending on if you've already used FANTASY. Uh, Josiah, give away Freeman, Flaherty, and Rendon. Get Trout and Cindergard. Freeman, Flaherty, and Rendon, get Trout and Cindergard. I, I mean, anytime you're getting Trout. <laughs> B+. Plus. Yeah, that's good. B+. Plus. I agree. From Joe, give J.D. Martinez and Tyson Ross... This is a dynasty league. J.D. Martinez and Tyson Ross get DeGrom, Velasquez, and Devers. And he's trying to uh, rebuild. His team stinks, I guess. Building for the future. Give up Mar- J.D. Martinez and Tyson Ross get DeGrom, Velasquez, and Devers. Yeah, it seems fine to me even if you were rebuilding. Um, I I might even say you won the trade even if you weren't rebuilding. But given the, ex- the context, I think that's another uh, at least a B. B. Okay. And from Miguel, traded Harper, Donaldson, and Granky. Ooh, better get a lot here. Harper, Donaldson, and Granky for one player. Nolan Arenado. Oh, come on. No. You're, this is somebody who's selling low on Bryce Harper. Yeah, that's bad. 
Yeah, this is F. It, yeah, it might be an F. I don't I don't hand out those extremes easily, but that's that's bad. You flunked fantasy baseball. Let's regulate. From Connie. Regulator question. Oh yeah. <laughs> I play in a five by five head to head categories league with daily transactions. How many innings would you suggest as a weekly minimum? We currently have it set. Uh-huh. At seven innings. But we have an owner who tries to slide by without starting any pitchers and just getting his stats from relievers. Uh, how many innings would you make the minimum for a week? What are you trying to accomplish? I, I, I guess that's the way you have to think about it. I don't think there's a right answer to this. But are you trying to make somebody start one starter every week? Are you trying to make somebody start three starters? That's the problem I have with these rules is like any like whatever you want is fine but like set clearly seven is not okay because with you guys because they're not starting any starting pitchers yeah i mean if the if the issue is they're not starting any starting pitchers i think you should address the issue more directly you could set up a lineup to have two required starting pitchers and then the rest are flexible or whatever um, or you could set a minimum start limit. Twenty innings. That, that seems stickier. Twenty innings. That's that. that's fine. I I don't like these types of rules where we're telling people how they have to build their roster. Well, they're asking. So, I know. You know. I'm just I'm just explaining to Connie that I have a difficult time regulating. This is not my area of expertise because <laughs> I'm not really this type of judge. All right, but twenty innings. Twenty innings. Yeah, that's going to require you to get some starters in there. You'd have to av- each pitcher would have to average three innings. Yeah, you'd need. To- yeah, okay. That's, I'm, I'm that's a bi- decent. I'm a bigger fan of freedom. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm okay with freedom. CK needs regulation. <laughs> Who is who's against freedom? A lot of people it's are against such freedom. A, such an unfair way to frame an argument. <laughs> Clearly <laughs> against freedom. <laughs> you I don't, don't even like. People I don't even managing. care what no, they're saying. No, I mean, like if you want to be totally free, make every player eligible everywhere. That's freedom. Well, they don't actually play those positions. That'd be well, ridiculous. Okay, so now you're you're not a good, not for freedom. I don't even. I'm not even listening to you guys. It's just grooving. All right, CK needs regulation. 14 team head to head category league. Yesterday morning, I listened to Uncle Adam. And I made an offer for Trevor Bauer. I listened to Scott, and I made it a priority to offer some a couple of closers who may not keep their job all year. Boxberger and Strickland. Uh, I think we feel pretty good about Boxberger, by the way. I was happily surprised when the trade was accepted this morning. Boxberger and Strickland for Bauer. Then late last night, we learned that Strickland has anger management issues. I guess this happened right before he punched the wall. Uh, the other owner would either like me to rescind the trade, or instead of Strickland, he wants Hader and Boxberger for Bauer. Am I obligated to do anything, or is it just bad luck for him? Just bad luck for him. You are under no obligation. If the trade was finalized, it's over. I agree. It is bad yep. luck for him. No takebacks. And we have successfully regulated. Oh, love it. All right. Let's do uh, weekend streamers to end the show. I'm just going to go through the uh, scoreboard here, so bear with me. Chris Bassett at the White Sox. No. No. Ivan Nova against the Diamondbacks. No. No. If I was doing this show with Chris, he'd say yes because he likes Nova for some reason. Well, with, on a, with a bagel and some schmear, I love it. Zach Eflin at the Nationals. No. No. Wade LeBlanc or Stephen Wright tonight. Mariners at Red Sox. No. I would do Stephen Wright. Yeah, man. He's 71%. There's a yes. Owned. 
The first yes, and it's only a half yes. All right, I'm going to write down Stephen Wright, half yes. Uh, Jose Quintana at Luis Castillo. Luis Castillo against the Cubs. Yes. No. Starting yeah, him? I'm fine. Starting him? Yeah, I mean, it's not with a lot of confidence, but the upside, like, when he's been bad lately, it's, it hasn't been horrible. The dude has a 577 ERA and he's facing the Cubs. Yeah. No, just saying. I mean, it's three earned runs in five innings, a third innings or whatever he had last time. Is that a horrible start? With two strikeouts? Harvey just did this team. Yes, I mean, it, it's, it an is ER, a it's an ERA start. over five, but is it really a horrible yes, start? Yes, because it's also a, a terrible whip yeah. that he had. And he has a 144 I, I don't, whip. I don't think, I don't think it's so bad that you should be scared off. Like you should totally forfeit the upside. No, I mean, look, if you're facing a middle of the pack team, but I don't know if I, tr- alright, fine. So Castillo, I'm gonna put, put him down. Alex Wood at Zach Wheeler. Oh, Zach Wheeler against the Dodgers. I, th- I got my eye on this start. Wheeler's been sure. pitching better lately. I, I, like, at this point in the week, assuming we're talking about categories leagues, there's so much that goes into what do you need. Wheeler's right on that line of, I'm probably starting him. Uh, Mike Fires at Shane Bieber. <sighs> I don't want either. I'll start the Biebs. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good matchup. I, I feel like the Tigers might be the best matchup right now, honestly. CeCe Sabathia at the Rays. I am starting him, actually, tonight. Yeah, that's fine. I'd do that. Danny Duffy at the Astros? No. Nope. Uh, Mike Miner at Fernando Romero? Mm, I'd be more likely to start Romero, I think. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd uh, roll him out there. Junior Guerra against the Cardinals? No, thank you. I mean, he's been so reliable, but in a way I don't trust. Uh, I'll, I'll lean yes. Would you start John Gray at home against the Marlins tonight? Yeah. Not comfortably, but yes. Marco Estrada at the Angels? No. Clayton Richard at the Giants? Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 definitely. I, I probably would, but I'd have a little gross feeling about it. So it looks like you guys like Castillo, Sabathia, maybe Bieber tonight. There's also Stephen Wright, Clayton Richard, and Zach Wheeler under consideration. Uh, Jake Odorizzi against the Rangers. Mm, as bad as he's been, I'd rather not. Daniel Mengden at Dylan Covey. I'd be more likely to start Covey, but I'm not sure I want to start either. Tyler Anderson at home against the Marlins. No. Hmm. Yeah, not I I I'd say no. Eric Fetty against the Phillies. No, no. Jordan Lyles or Andrew Suarez, Padres or Giants. I could see a situation where I started both. I could see a situation where I started neither. <laughs> it's kind of in the Zach Wheeler range of what do you need most, I guess. If you're looking to spare ERA and whip, probably not. Sonny Gray at at the Rays. Yeah. Uh Yeah, that's fine. Um, Anthony DiScafani against the Cubs. Mm, no, no. Chase Anderson against the Cardinals. I don't think so. I'd rather start, like, I don't, I, if it's between him and Guerra, I don't think there's any choice who I'd go with. Yep. Mike Leak at the Red Sox. No. No. Marcus Stroman at Jaime Berea. I'm not, not fresh off the DL. No, you can't do that. I may run Berea out there. Marco Gonzalez at the Red Sox. Uh, no. 
I started him for the two starts. Obviously, that's gone poorly so far. Uh, but I think if you're just talking a one by one basis, I don't start him against the Red Sox. Mike Montgomery at the Reds. I'm okay with that. I'd do that. Matt Boyd at the Indians. No. Jason Vargas against the Dodgers. No way. Um, Domingo Ramon is the Rays. He's pretty owned though. How about Clay Buckholtz or Trevor Williams, Diamondbacks at Pirates? I'm going to say no to both. Agreed. Paul Blackburn at Carlos Rodon. Uh, are are the A's bad against lefties? Is that a thing? They're good on Carlos the road. Rodon, I know that. Carlos Rodon hasn't done anything to deserve starting yet, so I, I'd I'm, probably start him. I, I probably won it. I think you're being a little hard on Rodon, considering he's had a very difficult schedule. Well, he's been giving you those Luis Castillo starts you hate so much. Except he has a 122 whip, not a 144 whip. Yeah, I, I need to see, I need to see him flash some upside before I start him. It's not like he's been getting a ton of swinging strikes, a ton of strikeouts. Like he's, he's just been holding his own. Scott hates Carlos Rodon. I think one of the biggest fights, one of the biggest fights we ever had on this podcast may have been over (laughs) Carlos Rodon. Really? I don't remember it. Alright guys, I'm sorry. We gotta end this show. Um, Luke Weaver at, Milwaukee, you Luke Weaver or Yolisha scene? I don't want to. Uh, not, at, not at Milwaukee. Did you see they're giving away chances to slide on the slide? Ooh, fun. <laughs> Sorry. With that sneeze. <laughs> Wonderful. That's, that's that shit in the pot. That might have been your best close ever. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That, I'm just going to leave it at that. Bye. Have a great weekend. Talk to you Monday.